If you're looking to save some money on your wireless plan, take a look at Visible Wireless. They're a transparent wireless carrier with nothing to hide. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. Switch to Visible where you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. One-line wireless, just 25 bucks a month with taxes and fees included. That's unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Switch now at Visible.com. You shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but you can judge a company by its name. Like Visible, the wireless company making wireless visible. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117, and you're listening to Podcast Unlocked, the world's number one Xbox podcast. Now, finish this fight. Master Chief, out. Welcome, friends. It's Podcast Unlocked, episode 542, IGN's weekly Xbox show, May 3rd, 2020. 20, how many? I don't know what century it is. It doesn't matter. It's the century where we play Xbox Series X. That's that's how we mark time. Uh, I'm Ryan McCaffrey, joined as always by Miranda Sanchez. Hello. Hi, hello. Stella Chung, how are you? Good. Again, tired, but again, that's a constant state of being, so it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> and Destin Legary, hello, hello. Bam. Hey, everybody. The cookie man himself, the cookie monster. <laughs> I don't know. I literally just started thinking about cookies. Cookie yeah, man's about to go on vacation. Just... No more cookies until hey. the end of May. You only one when you can't get them. <laughs> yeah. He warned you on Twitter. He said you got to order now. Or I know. He's shutting down for a little while. It's okay. Yeah. I have plans, plans to order this summer, which is a very weird thing to plan for. But I'm going in <laughs> on a cookie order with a friend. He's from out of the country. So I'm like nice. very excited. I haven't solved that yet. I haven't solved out of the United States. So. That sounds very difficult. <laughs> yeah. Uh, before we get going, I just wanted to give a little plug to a friend of the podcast uh, that I was lucky to be a guest on. Our friend Cicero Holmes, who's been on the podcast a couple times. He does a Star Trek podcast. He also has a show with his friends Mike and Justin called Test Your Might. It is a video game debate podcast that they invited me on over the weekend. I had a wonderful time uh, talking with those guys. So if you are curious to check that out, again, the name of the podcast is Test Your Might. Let's dive right in because there is actually a lot this week. We've kind of been, not that we've been skating by, you know, we, we do our best to give you a fun podcast every week, but there haven't been, you, know, you can't have an Activision Blizzard acquisition every week, uh, but we do have something, you can have we do have an acquisition, acquisition not a Microsoft one uh, that we'll get to in a second that's, that's been uh, causing a lot of scratched heads around the industry, at least around our office. Uh, but I do want to start with, the most fun news of all for Xbox fans, and that is that Microsoft has announced the Xbox Bethesda Showcase, aka their E3 press conference, but there will be no E3. It is happening on Sunday, June 12th. Basically, 
the exact same day and time that it would have been had there been a proper E3. So uh, it's never too early to do Xbox showcase predictions. As soon as this was announced, my brain started going, okay, well, what are we going to see? What do I want to see? And what better place to uh, have that conversation than right here on Podcast Unlocked? So uh, I'll just go right around the horn. Miranda, I'll start with you. We'll do our usual round robin style. We'll, we've got three each, and we'll just take turns. So, Miranda, give me a prediction, something you think we might see at the upcoming Xbox Bethesda Showcase. I feel like this is, a lot of the ones that I picked are pretty obvious. Like, I didn't go too, too outlandish this year. Um, if anything, they're pretty researched or just make sense. So the first one I'll start with is the Redfall release date. So they said that this was supposed to come out in summer 2022. We haven't heard anything about it. I assume if it is well, I guess regardless if it's coming out this year or next year, if it's getting pushed at all, um, they will say something at the press conference. So I think that's just a shoe in for Kane to say something about Redfall. If you guys don't remember, Redfall is sort of that excellent teaser we got that was just about like a vampire hunter game. It's four player and we don't really know anything else about that. It's just very much a, hey, well, we got some of these characters. There's going to be other characters you can go recruit and play as. And they all have, like, special abilities and, of course, other expertise. Um, some folks are saying it's more of, like, a looter shooter. But we're not entirely sure exactly what it is. Uh, we're still waiting for all the announcements. So hopefully we get to see more of that because the intro video they had was excellent. Yeah, which we're watching now. Yeah, if you're yeah. watching us along yeah. with us on video. Destin, uh, do you want this to be a looter shooter? Well, I mean, the leaks did more to get me excited about this than anything else. And at the end of this trailer, it does say summer 2022, which is very Somebody soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I hope we see something about Redfall. At the very least, if it's delayed, they need to tell, if it's, tell us if it's delayed. And um, yeah, this trailer actually didn't do too much for me. I'm on the opposite side of the spectrum of Miranda there. But um, the leaks did a lot for me because we got an idea of what the actual gameplay will be like. And the, the leaks are saying that it's going to be more like a looter shooter. And you all know I like Destiny. So that's right up my alley. So I like I Destiny too. Yeah. That's probably why we both ended up excited about it, right? So, so for <laughs> me too, taste. it's just the arcane prestige. Like, I love arcane games. That's it. Like, that's... I just love what they do. I got a gun in one hand, powers in the other. I got like my choice of destruction. And that's just, it makes my heart sing. Like those are the kind of games that I, I will gravitate to always. Uh, so that's, that is why also, because I love vampires guys. I love them so much. And I was like, this is the game I'm so <laughs> excited for, especially with the summer release. Like exactly Dustin, if it is ends up being, you know, this big literature experience, like summer's perfect for that, right? It's like, we're all kind of chilling. The kids are out of school. Like give us something to play together with our friends and that would have been perfect but we'll see if they hit the mark on the summer or we, not we need something for the summer so i i would be totally fine with that it's a very light uh release time period so if they surprise us and they're like and it's out july you know i'd be like all right great because nothing else is happening yeah stella do you want to tell them or should i tell them <laughs> oh no what? I'm not, there's no there's no chance oh, okay, this comes okay. out in the summer. There's oh. there's zero chance. I, there's no yeah. way. I'm look, I like everything about this game that we have seen so far and I want it I want it to come out in the summer cuz also July is like my birthday month, so that'd be great. But I we just haven't seen anything about it since this trailer and I'm just I'm 
it could be one of those surprise launches. I mean, look, it could be one of those like surprise. Hey, we just didn't want to say anything about it. And here you go. Could be one of those things. Totally could be. Um, but I don't know. I am not expecting anything so that I can temper my expectations and disappointment. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and here's how I look at this. Number one, we haven't even seen gameplay of yeah. this video game. So there's just the PR cycle hasn't even started on it yet. <laughs> the PR and marketing cycle. And, you know, the first we're going to hear of this, because Moran, I think you're, I mean, yeah, it may be low hanging fruit, but you're dead on. We're of course going to see this in some capacity at this Xbox showcase. It, certainly it will be gameplay. I mean, I would be, if it's, if we don't get gameplay, if we get another cinematic trailer, then we'll know that this thing is much further out than we thought. But um, yeah, I mean, the reality is this is an extremely decorated studio, dishonored, Prey, Deathloop, which I mean, we'll actually we can pencil in Deathloop coming to Xbox in the fall once the one year exclusivity <laughs> is up with PS5. But um, uh, the, the fact is, Arcane does not have a, a history with multiplayer, so I would expect, don't know for sure, but I would expect this game will have some sort of like either closed beta test or semi-public beta test because they're. They're, I, given the lack of experience at the studio with multiplayer, I would imagine they're not going to want to just launch it and hope everything goes fine with the connectivity and uh, issues with multiplayer. I, I would suspect they're going to want to test this mm -hmm. in some public, large-scale way first. So um, I just don't see any way in which this comes out in the summer. But I do hope that it might still be a complementary holiday game alongside Starfield if in fact that is still on for 11-11-22 uh, as we have been repeatedly told including by uh, another very recent what was it last week I think we got another one of the into the Starfield uh, dev diary thing so Starfield's um, a lock I, I think that's left in yeah. like they can't not put it out at this point <laughs> Oh, sure they could. Because yeah, that's true, they could, but will never they? Never say never in the video game world. I mean, Not their style, not their style. What, what was it? Cyberpunk 2077 got delayed after it supposedly went gold. So, you know, anything can happen in the video game space. But mm -hmm. uh, yes, Miranda, I, I certainly think we will, we will see uh, Redfall and hopefully, as you note, get a release date out of this thing. Stella, let me go your way next. Give me a prediction for the Xbox showcase. Just one. Just one for now. Just one. Okay. Um, let's see. What about Gotham Knights gameplay? They yep. have shown gameplay, but I want to see Not more. A while, right? more. I want to see how it's been updated. Yeah. yeah. Their re the reveal was like sort of like a brief look <clears throat> at the boss fight with Mr. Freeze. I am more interested in Gotham Knights than ever before, but I'm taking Stella's talking time. Oh, it's fine. I th yeah. I, well, I what's got you more, fired like, up about this looks... game, Stella? So I didn't play the Arkham games and I, I've been told to. So I'm just like, oh, if this comes out, then I have something to, you know, like refer to. Like I could play the Arkham games and then get into this. So it's kind of like, so I played, uh, what is it? God of War. Um, like the year before it was announced that God of War 2 was going to come out. So I was like, oh, this is perfect. Like perfect timing. So it's kind of one of those things where I'm just like, oh, I know that the Arkham games are really good. So I would love to go through that. But also what I saw of Gotham Knights looked really cool. And I love darker stories, especially with um, like superhero uh, storylines. So very interested to see where this is going to go, especially since I love Gotham. Like it's just a 
really messed up city. And I'm just like, yeah, give me more stories in there. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. I'm curious to see more of this. The, the reveal didn't do much for me personally. It sort of felt, I just, I got inherently allergic when there are just damage numbers <laughs> appearing over bad guys' heads. That just kind of mm. pulls me out of it. I know the, the developers have since said, well, you can turn that off. And, and we know the combat, if they're, if they're pulling sort of the core combat system from Arkham, Obviously, these are not, none of them are Batman. They are different characters. But um, yeah, I'll be interesting to see, interested to see how this one turns out. But you're right. I mean, it's got an October release date. It's one of the few fall games that has a firm release date so far. Uh, and it, that means it's it's got to show up on someone's stage, whether it's Microsoft's or Sony's. It's so, yeah. maybe a coin flip at this point, but hopefully... We do indeed see it on the Xbox stage. Do we do we think that instead that Warner Brothers might hold it for their own show later because they have oh. been doing the the DC Fan Fest thing? I, I forget the exact name of it, but that's where this was shown. Yeah, Fandom. Uh, Fandom exactly. Isn't Fandom in October? The the two times they've done it's, it, so that would seem. I thought like, it was in like August, like July or August. I thought it was in the summer months. I thought that hit. I mean, I could be completely wrong, um, but. Let's like we can do a quick Google search. Let's see. Um, oh, I don't think on that note, just really quick, Miranda, I don't think yeah. Sony has a plan for this. I think they're going to do something around God of War and what's going on with God of War instead. So mm -hmm. I think everybody's vying for the Xbox stage. So I do think that they would show this maybe briefly with a tease for DC fandom. Yeah, that's a uh, good Miranda, we're both right. So the first okay. one was in August of 2020. The second one was in October of 2021 okay. last year, so okay. we're both correct. That's so, probably yeah, why. It, we, so we don't know if and when there's going to be one for 2022, so you may end up being right about that. Right, and um, a quick note too, uh, former host on the show, Mitchell Dyer, actually wrote part of this game, so just a quick, you know, yeah. hey, cool, yeah. Ah. And oh. he's on the writing team for this, so I was just like, yay, Mitch's game! So <laughs> I, I also won't be reviewing this game. I know, it's like, <laughs> my coverage on this, nothing editorial, maybe just some guides. So, <laughs> um, but it's always like a really cool thing to see happen because we love Mitch. And I love Batman and the Bat Family, so I'm also very excited for this, for this year. And yeah. also, a quick note, um, Stella, the team that did this is actually the one who did Batman Arkham Origins, so they didn't do oh. Asylum knights or city so it's two different teams that worked on it this is a different studio but they did the origins game which is a little bit different from the other arkham games if you play any of the arkham games stella i highly recommend arkham city out of all the batman games arkham okay. city i just feel was like just such a great Agreed. game out of all of them like arkham knight focuses too much on the batmobile arkham city was just all about batman there are vignettes about a lot of the characters that are actually going to be in this game so if you okay. want to get a feel for like a Batman that's cool, a yeah. Nightwing that's sort of fun to play as, Arkham City had all of that. Yeah, Arkham it City. It also has the best story out of, out of any of the, great any story, of the games in the trilogy. Story. Agreed. Um, well, I need to have played the other games in order to understand so what's going on it, in that. It goes no. Asylum, City, and then Night, and you're okay. totally fine to just jump in. Although you get a little bit extra context in some like gameplay intro if you start from Arkham Asylum. So I recently okay. played all of these. So I just play them one after another. And I think it's cool to see the difference in the gameplay and how certain things evolved, but it's not required. Okay. Asylum's short. Asylum is short. It's like six, oh, okay. seven hours. Oh, wow. Yeah, that is short. Pretty quick. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Maybe like right, 10 Destin. if you're going slow. Sorry. 
Yes, I want to go your way uh, for your first prediction here as we make our inaugural, our initial. We'll do this again, like I said before, you know, as it gets much closer to the showcase, but our first wave here of Xbox showcase predictions. Okay, I think we're going to see a vowed in some manner at the event. I think it's been long enough. We saw the teaser. Everybody has been very excited to see more about Avowed. It doesn't really compete with Starfield. And I think it would be a good time to announce what people can be looking forward to in 2023. So I think we see Avowed gameplay and we get a better idea of what that game is, especially when a game like Elden Ring has just been blowing up sales charts. This sort of would be a great response or a next step for gamers who are into that type of genre because it is sort of you know uh, mystical you use magic there's dragons and stuff like that so i do think that people are going to be looking for the next thing and now it'll be a great time for the pr team to start talking about avowed start showing some gameplay start showing some concepts about where this game is it is a fantasy role-playing game set in the pillars of eternity universe so you're right it definitely uh doesn't step on Starfield's toes in in the thematically. It's mm-hmm. you know they're both first person, well, large scale role playing games. We know yeah. that much, but yeah, you're right. I mean, it's been two. It'll it will have been two years by the time the showcase does arrive, and in, in just over a month from now, since we've seen anything from Avowed, we haven't seen any gameplay. Uh, Jez Corden had that sort of leak of uh, he had a gameplay description. He got to sort of stealthily see some of it. Uh, and, and wrote that up. So we know that you know it's going to be a big time Obsidian game. And and I guess what we know that that um, two worlds, not two worlds. What's the Outer Worlds? There we go. Two Worlds was an old role playing game for Xbox, but uh, Outer Worlds two announced last year. Uh, we know that's much further out, but avowed next gen only. It's not coming to Xbox One. Be a next gen only, large scale AAA first-person RPG from Obsidian, and they're a busy studio. So you're right, Destin. I hope it is time to finally see some gameplay there. Uh, and, and I hope you're right that it's going to be a 2023 game. I mean, Microsoft has quite the problem with air quotes on their hands of, of having to play air traffic controller with all these role-playing games that they've mm-hmm. got coming up because you don't want to put out like two big role-playing games like right next to each other. You've got Starfield. You've got Avowed coming up. You've got Outer Worlds 2. You've got two RPGs in the works from Inexile. You've got Fable. There's just all these RPGs on the way that they're going to have to stagger uh, in a way that that makes sense for both Microsoft and for players to not have to, you know, give players time to play them all. I was really looking forward to 2022, thinking that it would be Xbox's year to just like hit the ground running, especially after a very strong closing to 2021, you know, vote a best publisher by Metacritic. Like they, they, they really earned a lot of prestige last year. And then this year it's just been very, very quiet. So again, I'm thinking that, you know, they have a lot of steam in the holiday season with yeah. a game like Starfield hitting. And then hopefully 2022 is sort of the reset year for everybody because of all the COVID stuff. And finally we're seeing this drought because of the result of everything that's happened in the world. And then 2023, all companies will be able to just come out swinging, so to speak and be able to release all their heavy hitters, including a game like Avowed. I think Avowed in the holiday for 2023 would be great. And I think Avowed's gonna be really, really big. I agree with you. I think it's it's got, it's finally Obsidian's chance to just be completely unleashed with no restrictions on budget or schedule, which they've 
they've been bitten by in the past. There are a lot of examples you can point to with them where, you know, the uh, KOTOR 2, they were cut off. The ending of that game famously suffered and uh, the Stick of Truth went through a lot, still turned out great. And Alpha Protocol kind of went through hell uh, also, but be great to see Avowed and see what uh, what Obsidian is really capable of, because uh, we know they're capable of great stuff. For me, I'm going to say another game that we haven't seen or heard a peep from since the 2020 showcase, and that is the next-gen-only reboot of Forza Motorsport. I think that, we know, again, is a next-gen-only situation. Uh, unlike Forza Horizon 5, which was cross-gen, the next-gen-only Forza Motorsport reboot will be Series S, Series X, PC-only. Uh, Turn 10 is rebuilding it from the ground up. Uh, and Horizon 5 looks incredible while still being a, a cross-gen game. So I cannot wait to see what Turn 10 has in store, uh, both technologically and, and on the gameplay side, too, certainly. I mean, they've not that the motorsport games have been lacking in gameplay by any respect, uh, but this... Now, this is a, a do-over. It's a, it's a reboot. I can't wait to see you know what how many cars we get and which tracks and and if you know they've really innovated over the years. Things like the rewind feature uh, back from I think that was Forza Motorsport Four, if I remember correctly. So Turn Ten, heck of a track record, and uh, I'm hoping this is finally the point where we're going to see at least the gameplay reveal. And and as like I said, I think I may have talked about this on last week's show or Next Gen Console Watch, one of the two. I think there's a chance that this game is out this fall. A chance. We'll see. Maybe a 50-50 chance at best. But uh, we should know more in about a month. I, I'd actually be very, very excited to see Forza Motorsport. Gran Turismo 7 just came out. That's PlayStation's answer to the sim racing market. Uh, Forza Motorsport coming out right now and showing gameplay and showing how they're different and potentially better, at least for Forza fans, uh, would be really really smart especially because gran turismo is sort of on the tail end of its hype cycle right well they, and if my if microsoft wanted to get really 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 petty which i don't think they will but they could they could put in a little dig about uh you know microtransactions and, and some of the some of the things that gt7 suffered from but they they're not going to do that yeah gt7 has corrected a lot of those issues to their credit yeah. and uh, I'm very grateful for that because I actually did enjoy GT7. I got my first starter sim rig steering yeah. wheel and and uh, stick shift, and I've been having a lot of fun playing GT7 when I have time as a as a dad with a one year old, which is not a lot. But uh, <laughs> I, I I'm really curious about Forza. I'm curious about how they've pushed the genre forward uh, with motorsport, and I'm really excited to see it, Ryan. I hope you're right. Yeah. Uh, well, Destin, let me, we'll go kind of, we'll reverse the order here. I'm going to go back to you now for your second prediction. I see it written down here and I like where your head's at with this. Go ahead. So there's this thing that happens online. You start hearing reverberations of hype for a game, right? And I feel like that's sort of speaking to a timing where people are ready to see something. And the game that I have seen bubbling up and people sort of discussing is Indiana Jones. It has been a long time since we've seen anything about Indiana Jones since like the teaser. And there were there was the acquisition going on and there's all these things happening, right? So I think that we are finally going to see more about the Indiana Jones game, the, the gameplay targets for that game, and definitely a trailer focusing on gameplay, focusing on narrative. 
if Harrison Ford has any involvement whatsoever, like if, if that's his character in the game and he narrates the game or anything like that, we're going to learn a lot more about Indiana Jones at this event. And I think that would be a huge, huge win for them because we not only because we haven't heard anything, because the Indiana Jones stuff, it's just such an interesting concept. We don't really know how they're going to go. Like, are they going to go Uncharted style? There have been Indiana Jones games in the past. That good ones, too. Yeah, yeah, it's fairly good ones. And it's by Machine Games, a, a company known for Wolfenstein, right, Ryan? Yeah, action. Yeah, definite, action. Definite so, action, but also story. Yeah, so how are they marrying those ideas together that they're famous for? And what is the new Indiana Jones game going to look like? I'm very excited to see more. And I do think that we see more this showcase. I had to look it up. It has been well over a year since we've heard anything about it, which, as you noted, Destin, was just the CG announcement teaser that we just watched that our super producer Red had on the screen. It was January of 2021 that we got that announcement with that little CG teaser. So, yeah, it really does feel like it's time to see that game and see what it actually is. Um, I would... I would be fascinated if it was first person as machine games as history has always been first person games. I don't think it will be, but if it is, I think that would be really, really interesting. And I'd, I'd, ac I'd actually be more excited if it were, cause I'd want to see how they're going to handle it. Definitely. I mean, I'd be interested to see anything about it at this point. First person. I think it's going to be third person, yeah. but yeah, I suspect you're right. <laughs> This week's Podcast Unlocked is brought to you by NordVPN. Hey, if you're watching a lot of sports like me and you hate blackouts, NordVPN is a great way to go. You can use NordVPN, a virtual private network, to watch live sporting events, TV shows, films that aren't available in your region by switching your virtual location to a country that is showing that event. No more blackouts. It's also good for plenty of other stuff like protecting your private data, your bank details, your passwords, your online identity. You can protect your data while you're traveling and using public Wi-Fi. NordVPN protects you wherever you are in the world. NordVPN threat protection also protects you from viruses, malware, and phishing sites. NordVPN is also the fastest VPN in the world. No buffering or lagging while you're streaming, and it will stop your ISP bandwidth throttling. NordVPN is the price of a cup of coffee a month, so that is a super affordable, great way to go. To get the best discount off of your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash Unlocked without the E. That's N O R D VPN dot com slash U N L O C K D. And that'll give you four extra months on the two year plan. And best of all, there's no risk with Nord's 30 day money back guarantee. NordVPN.com slash unlocked without the E. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. 
That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Stella, back to you. Prediction two here. What have you got? Uh, yeah, let me... <clears throat> oh, Scorn's release date. Because it was pushed back to October this year. And I, I was looking at all the games that were pushed back, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. This is that really cool biopunk horror slash survival Miranda's game. Which, favorite game of all time. Which I'm just is looking at it from the screen in anticipation it, of the trailer. Sorry, yeah. Stella. <laughs> no, it's okay. It, it is first person. So I, that's interesting to me. Um, and I, as someone who like really liked Daisy and uh, liked all these other games that were, you know, like survival games, I'm just like, yeah, I would love a new one in this in this era of gaming. This would be really cool. And this this trailer is like creepy, but it's it's intriguingly creepy, right? Like when we saw it, it's just like, oh, I want to know more about this world. Like, what exactly is going on? What is the base of this story? Um, so for me, I was disgusted but curious. You know, it's like it's like one of those things where you can't look away. So, and it, it did get de- uh, delayed to October this year as a release date. So, and we haven't heard anything about it. At least I haven't. So, yeah, I, I would love to hear something about that this year. <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right. Now, Miranda, I know yeah, this is, this is like a, a, by all appearances, a disgusting body horror. It's so gross. <laughs> like, it's so. not even scary. It's just like, <laughs> like, it just, there you but go. In, in, a, in a good way for people who want to see that. Like, I don't watch it mind. on video. Yeah. Yeah. I don't usually mind body horror and stuff, but this is just like, <laughs> like, it just hits me the right way. Or like, or I guess the wrong way. The right way of being disgusted, which is the wrong way that I don't want. <laughs> it's like but, grotesquely yeah. fascinating. Yeah. I mean, it's a, <laughs> a really neat approach to horror, right? Like, a, a neat, I, I think you don't get this many, like, just gross things right like the body horror is one thing but just like disturbingly like weird thing like these all this this all belongs in the trash like you're putting you're supposed to put in that like little red bin with the little caution sign on yeah, it yeah, like yeah. that's biohazard. where it all was supposed to go yeah so it's all in the biohazard bin like you're, and they just pulled it all out and gave it life and they're like here you go and i'm like oh okay um, which is which is cool like to that point but i'm like I'm, I'm really excited for this like i yeah, know a lot it's creepy and everything like that like the the art style is just so intriguing to me and very how hr they handle yeah, how they handled the mechanics like this weird, uncomfortable mechanic where they're closing the door, right? Uh, if it's not too long, I'll probably play through the whole thing even. Um, but I don't know if I could do this for like 30 hours. I, ho- I-, I hope it hits that sweet spot. Like for me, the sweet spot's right around 10 for a game yeah. like this. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm very intrigued by what they've done artistically with it. Because it creeps me out just looking at this this gameplay from like forever. It's so effective. Ooh, I think what it, what gets me is that it reminds me of Alien a lot, and Alien mm-hmm. just like has yeah. a very deeply spooky spot in in me, and I'm just like, oh no. <laughs> so yeah, but it's well, Stella. I think cool. this is an excellent prediction because I have to yes. be totally <laughs> honest with you. I actually forgot about this game, uh, and it's and I don't mean that in an, in an insulting way, but remember because this was announced before launch this was one of the first games announced at the initial showcase 
uh, I think it was at the third party showcase, wasn't it? And back in May of 2020. So literally two years ago. And yeah, it was, it was originally going to be a launch title and then it just disappeared. Cause Hey, you know, it's, it's a making games is tough. Making games during a pandemic is even tougher. And so, yeah, this is uh, at least one thing we can we can now. I don't know if we'll quite put it in ink yet, but we can absolutely firmly pencil this in for fall 2022. In what has been, as Destin was was uh, mentioning earlier, something of a of a quiet year for Xbox thus far. But yeah, we know one thing. I know as the previews editor of IGN is that the IGN audience loves dark, gross, <laughs> scary horror games. So I suspect uh, there are a lot of a lot of our audience is very fascinated and interested in this game. And uh, and I think it's going to do well. I, it, I mean, this is I don't remember seeing this footage that we're watching right now. Again, if you're joining us on video, it is uh, it looks like you're you have this kind of very organic gun in first person that can transform <laughs> into other yeah. stuff. Um, yeah, it's it is the... definitely gross. But it yeah, it looks really interesting. I mean, this is this is absolutely going to be one of those like turn out all the lights, put on headphones, yeah. and just s- scare the heck out of yourself. Kind of. I'm video starting games. to I'm starting to worry it's bad because oh, no. they delayed it, and you know we haven't heard much about it. They moved it to October. Yeah. You know. Well, as far as I know, uh, it's a it's a small team. Let me look this up while you guys yeah. are talking. Yeah, and I like so- they've been releasing stuff like this. They've been like gameplay announcements and other stuff. So there's been a steady flow of information. So I don't think that's necessarily bad. And like, as we've, we've identified as well, like there's kind of a lot of worldly events happening that cause, you know, significant delays in a lot of the stuff that we've been doing, especially for smaller teams, I think, and facing their own challenges. So I, was, I wouldn't concerned. just, yeah, jump to that. But I understand too that the worry, I would say, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> sorry, we're still watching the gameplay. So fleshy. Yeah. I guess we should oh. move on. But yeah, it's no, it's so totally fine. No, it's yeah. definitely a small team. I mean, if you go to their web, yeah. uh, the developers Ebb Software, E B B Ebb Software. Uh, thanks to a successful crowdfunding campaign in 2017, Ebb Software and Scorn emerged from anonymity and secured the deals, enabling them enabling them to bring the game to a worldwide audience. The team slowly grew as like-minded people joined the company. Uh, years later, and with Scorn still in development, Ebb Software has 50 full-time team members, as well as a number of freelance artists. Now, 50 you might think is a lot, but for a you know for a AAA game, and I'm not not necessarily suggesting that Scorn is. It may be considered AA, or you know, I, I, it doesn't even really matter. But 50 people still actually isn't a lot uh, for a, for a modern you know next generation video game. So yeah, we'll keep an eye on this one, and and hopefully it will. I mean, October is the spooky month. That's when you want to release a game like this. So I suspect uh, that the team will do everything it can to hit that date. Miranda, back to you. Prediction number two. And I mean, it's Miranda Sanchez. Of course, there's going to be some sort of Gears War related <laughs> prediction in here. It's true. Please, Gear 6T's target release for 2023. That's just what I'm hoping for. Like 2023 even feels like a long way away for Gears for me. And I understand, like, new engine, all that good stuff. You got, got to do the work. But I'm like, please, what a cliffhanger to leave with me for all these years. <laughs> so 
I'm, I'm really hoping we get uh, some good Gears announcements and at least have some sort of story tease. I don't even need gameplay. Like, I don't know what this gameplay is like. It's Gears of War still. So, surprise. And uh, I, I would like it at least 2023 announcement or just some sort of release window. You know, if they want to be extra kind, they could do early 2023 if that uh, is in the cards. If there's something else coming out next fall, that could be cool. Just throw it well. out there. I, too, of course, love Gears. You and I are the office gear heads, and uh, Gears heads, I guess, would be the better way to put it. And we already know that, they, that, that the coalition has said, it's going to be, we're taking more time than usual. We know it's going to be Unreal Engine 5. We know the team, the Unreal Engine 5 is now officially done and released to developers. We know that the coalition uh, learned a lot helping out on the Matrix Unreal Engine 5 playable tech thing. Uh, so we know that this this team is very adept at the Unreal Engine, and they probably they have as much experience in Unreal 5 as anyone outside of Epic themselves at this point. And Miranda, we also know that historically, Gears of War announcement, uh, gameplay announcements tend to be like knock your socks off, holy cow kind of visual treats. Mm. So is it time for that? Probably not. But is it time for a CG teaser? Well, I really hope you're right on that one. But um, early 2023, I would, I would, I think not. Uh, because what were we, it was, when was five? Twenty fall 2019, right? Yes. Pre-pandemic. Um, so they've are and they've already warned us they're taking more time. So it had been on a three-year cycle, which would have been this fall had they kind of kept to the normal cadence. So yeah, I, I think you're right that maybe maybe it's next fall, you know, fall 2023's big first party game. If we see anything, I think it's going to be like the Gears 2 tease where the all red chainsaws clashing, like it gives you a concept of what the gameplay will be like, but I think yeah. that's the best you could hope for for Gears 6 in my opinion. I don't disagree, Destin. And, and Miranda, we do have uh, a a cliffhanger that that did annoy me. Um, but it's also, great. it's great and terrible. A, we have a choice that we we're gonna that we have to learn the resolution of in Gear Six, right? Yep. Without spoiling anything. Yep. At the same time, I kind of think about this as like maybe this is my opportunity to force my twin sister to play <laughs> all of Gears with me. She doesn't play a lot of shooters, and I'm like, listen, this is third person. You can do it. I'll do most of the work. Don't worry about it. We'll play on a lower difficulty. It'll be a piece of cake. I could probably do it with my eyes closed. Let's just do this together. Lead up to gear six. <sighs> Maybe it'll happen. It's such a it's such a like tiny meaningless thing in the grand scheme, but I don't know why. I just want them to go back to gears of war. I, I have no oh, yeah? I have no logical explanation behind that thought. I just I don't know. Something about it being shortened to gears just I didn't like it. I just I want it to be gears of war. Huh. I've, for you know, which is a a meaningless thing to say, but there it is. There's my opinion on it. But I hope you're right, Miranda. I hope we get a little something at uh, at this E3. But if not, it probably won't be too much longer. Yeah. Uh, as for me, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring up another game that we actually have seen, and I think it's it's time to uh, to get a release date for this one too. Just as Miranda was looking for that Redfall release date. I think this will be the showcase where we get a Hellblade 2 release date. I don't know if it'll be this year. Again, like Forza Motorsport, I think it's a 50-50 chance 
that Hellblade 2 hits this fall. Again, Unreal Engine 5, the engine's done, so it's just a question of how much work uh, Ninja Theory has left to get to the finish line. But this is a game that is shown extremely well. We're watching the most recent uh, demonstration of it, which I believe yeah, was from the Game Awards of this past year. So this is probably Unreal Engine 4 in progress to 5. I can't imagine this is quite the final, the final look of it. But Destin, I know you're a, you've come around. Like this is a game, you played the first one uh, after, which I, I think a lot of Xbox fans, because it actually was a, it was a timed PlayStation exclusive at first, then came to Xbox, then Microsoft bought the studio, and people have been finding Hellblade through Game Pass. Yep. Yeah, I played it when it came to Game Pass. I think I own it, though. Uh, I, I platinumed or whatever it's called on, on Xbox with achievements. I got all the achievements in the game. I really, really enjoyed this. It required me playing through it twice to do that. Um, I really like, you know, the storytelling between her, the voices in her head, uh, Jurgens, and the work that she has done with this character is just absolutely superb. Uh, the team and what they've managed to do with this engine with just putting it through its paces, basically. I'm really intrigued to see how they develop the gameplay from here. There was an interview with, I believe, the combat designer who talked about how they're... Um, I think it was the combat designer. I don't want to misquote it, but there was an interview with somebody who worked on the game talking about how there have been improvements to it. And I am very, very excited to see where this series goes from here. and. Is this going to be the Uncharted 2 of the Hellblade series? Uncharted 2 is like one of my favorite games ever made. Yeah. So if Hellblade manages to get that mass appeal the way that Uncharted did, maybe not mass appeal because it's dark, but uh, gamer appeal, we'll call it. Yeah. Uh, I would, I'd be overjoyed. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm curious to ask or, or Stella as well. I, I don't know if sees Costella. I have you played this? Cause I actually still, it's still like, I have it installed and I keep meaning to get to it. <laughs> Same. I, yeah. I have it. I bought it. Um, I have been only hesitant just because, like, I know the psychosis uh, simulation is very real. So, um, you know, I'm just like, I want to be in a good mindset for it because I know they brought on actual psychologists to make sure that the experience was as uh, legitimate, legitimate as possible for someone experiencing psychosis. And I'm just like, yeah, let me let me make sure that I'm like happy, I'm good, and I'm you know settled before I play it. Um, because I hear it's very unsettling the way that they um do you put you in that experience which is really cool like i think that's great um but yeah I, I just have not gotten around to playing it like i have to do it and i, I keep putting it off <laughs> and, and, yeah, De and destin it's like six hours right it's pretty short i honestly i recommend you follow a guide the guide i followed was power picks sorry ign but um <laughs> uh, basically you can follow right along and solve the puzzles because the puzzles are a little annoying the combat's fine um i and I, that's why I'm excited to see how it improves, right? But yeah. the puzzles for me, like, snap me out of the experience. So I followed that guide, solved the puzzles, which deal with, like, mirroring. Like, you would look through a ring, and there's a totally different thing. But on the psychosis note, uh, uh, Stella, they do a really, really interesting job of conveying the inner doubts that she has. It's her own voice speaking back to her, and it's like, you're going to fail. You don't know what you're doing. You're, And it's sort of those doubts that we have sometimes when we doubt ourselves, but conveyed through auditory responses that you hear in both the left and right channel of your speakers. It's, it's superb. It's an experience unlike any other game I've ever played. Uh, I've, I've always loved Ninja Theory's 
series games. Uh, what did they do? They did Heavenly Enslaved. Sword. They did Ensla- Enslaved. Yeah. Blew me away the first time I played through it. And, you know, Hellblade 1 is no exception. It's not perfect. I highly recommend everybody play through it, though. Yeah, I'm going to play it before, before Hellblade 2 comes out. I'm going to play through the first one. And uh, Although on that note, I, I think it probably, just because the, I mean, I recognize that it's on Game Pass, so it is pretty accessible. Hopefully, Destin, they do, since, you know, inevitably this one, the sequel will get a lot of hype, a lot of marketing, for, but hopefully there'll be one of those kind of previously on Hellblade kind of recaps <laughs> at the beginning mm-hmm. for people that don't end up playing the first one prior to this will be I, I, that's something I want to see more and more developers do because you know games we TV shows do it when they come back from from a new season like uh, Barry just started back up on HBO which is I think yeah. one of the best shows on television and it had been like two or more years since because of the pandemic that Barry had been on and it's just like wait how did it leave off again and there's always a you know a little catch up thing so. I want to see more and more games do that. Psychonauts did that. Um, there are games that have that have done it, but you know, games take so long to develop that if you even if you did play the, first, the the previous game in the series, by the time the next one comes out, you could use a refresher. So I wonder if we'll get that. I, I played uh, through it not that long ago, and I would appreciate that, you know. And I, I think I think anybody, nobody's complaining about a previously on that you can skip, right? Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah. Now I recognize that they're not free, right? It takes development resources to cut that together. So, um, but hopefully that is a thing that. Well, does it though? More games will a, do. A, a previously on could be a contractor who just does a synopsis like in five minutes using footage that exists. You know, so you don't have to do it. Where it's it's a laborious process. Yeah. Well, yeah. you're you know you're it's still it is it's some you got to pay somebody to do it, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's yeah. not like. It's not an in five minutes thing, but yes, more game I'll, developers should do it. I'll do it for you for free. How about that? <laughs> uh, all right. Let's go back around for our final round here, round three. Uh, I'll just kick it off, and I'm going to go with a crazy one, because why not? We're into round three. Let's get a little, you want to get nuts? Go on. Let's get nuts. Why not? Uh, I've talked about this on the podcast before, but... What better way to make a big splash at the Xbox showcase, which, you know, unless Sony surprises us and goes first, Microsoft will be the one to go first here. Big acquisition. Why not? And I've talked about why Capcom makes sense, and I'm going to stick to that. Why not acquire Capcom? You know, it solves your Japanese game development situation. You'd have a wealth of new... uh, relevant ip a a backlog of incredible ip like mega man bionic commando so if microsoft were to go for another big fish uh, i think capcom could make a lot of sense now i to be clear i'm inventing this out of thin air i haven't heard anything i don't have sources it's just fun speculation for the sake of the podcast here but uh that would that would certainly be a mic drop moment if it's like hey we want to welcome capcom into the Xbox family. So I'm sure it probably won't happen for a million different reasons, but on the off chance it does, you heard it here first. Miranda? Not gonna happen. (laughs) (laughs) I I wanna say something wild. I went with the safe one. So my my original is the Game Pass family plan announcements that they've already kind of 
they haven't announced officially, but there have been like leaks, like Windows Central reported that they had had like confirmed sources that they're going to have this, which just makes sense. Um, and so I, I could see them wanting to make sure they touch a little bit on the service aspect, just because Game Pass is such a focal point and it's really important. And maybe just kind of in, embracing that, hey, folks have families all over and they're not all sharing the same Xbox anymore. So like, how can we make sure that you can subscribe to a Game Pass and have it be a little bit more accessible for family or family groups or friend groups, whatever it may be. Um, but if we're going, if we're going all out, I'm gonna say future frenzy. <laughs> just kidding. Just, oh, yeah, no, actually, that's that's what I would say. If, I, if we're going all out, I'm gonna say future frenzy's coming back. Fusion Frenzy's coming back. No, actually, I really would like to see them announce some sort of party game or something that's just a little bit more communal in that sense. Yeah. Um, I think there's like a lot of that online. Like there's like what was it called? Hummel Party, and like there's some other. Oh, yeah, I love yeah, that. <laughs> yeah, like there's a lot of like fun sort of board game esque uh, multiplayer party focused games, and and I think Xbox still does need that, and that was something that was really big over the pandemic, and just those sort of hey, how do we get to play together? And exactly, thank you, thank you for the Fusion Frenzy footage on the video, um, so you can see this really great comparison between Xbox. One S gameplay versus Xbox original. And so we've had this for a long time. It's kind of painful to play sometimes now. So like if you never played it before and then you're getting in now, it's really painful uh, to play Fusion Frenzy, but it's okay because maybe they'll just gift us a new Fusion Frenzy soon. Thanks. Would it be Fusion <laughs> Friends 3? Oh God. No. Oh my God. <laughs> Not at all. Oh um, no. It'd be a reboot. They would just yeah. reboot it. Probably. That would be the best. You are right, though. In all seriousness, like there, real there is no first party or even really third. There really isn't a like a good, relevant new party game on Xbox. Doesn't exist. I will say too, like I've seen so many fantastic studios um, or like indie studios and studios around the world doing cool multiplayer things online. Like last night, I was just playing with my twin sister this game called Escape Simulator, and it's just a bunch of escape rooms. We're just solving puzzles with up to four people or three or four people. And it's just so much fun just to have like a play like a playground to explore and solve puzzles together and communicate and and collaborate in these ways. And I think that's something I'd really like to see more of on Xbox as well. Agreed. Agreed. Stella, third and final prediction. Go. Yeah. Uh, more information on Outer Worlds 2 since it was announced in 2021. So any sort of update would be great. Um, don't really need a it, it's only been a year, so we don't really need a release date yet. But I mean, some more information on it, like what the the story will be, like where or um, a general timeline might be nice. I guess. Like, I really loved, um, I really Outer loved Worlds. Outer Worlds. Yeah, sorry. Is it, so I'm, I just want to know more about it because like we we only got the announcement. So any more information? Yeah, and the First announcement's a joke. <laughs> it's literally a big joke for this sequel, really funny. The oh yeah it was yeah. great yeah if you haven't watched it go watch the outer worlds 2 announcement trailer it's very good because uh, you need to watch it with sound you know we're just if, even if you're looking at it right mm -hmm. now on video it's uh you need to watch it with audio it's really good but yeah uh obsidian definitely are, is in a position where they could be the the stars of the show at the showcase if they were to show outer worlds 2 uh, avowed and I mean grounded continues to evolve as well. They might show a little something right. on what's going on with that game uh, also. So uh, look out for Obsidian in at least some way, shape, or form coming up 
at the showcase. Destin, it is up to you to take us home here. Give us a third and final prediction for the upcoming Xbox showcase on June 12th, which is a Saturday, a Sunday, pardon me. There's three companies that we haven't really talked about on this show. The first one is Undead Labs, which is a little bit mired in controversy right now, but they have State of Decay, not a little bit, they're mired in controversy right now. They have State of Decay 3 in the works, and there is a potential that we finally actually see something from that game besides a CG trailer. But the two that I don't think people are thinking of or talking about enough are Compulsion Games, which we haven't heard anything about for like two years. We know they have a new studio. We know they still have a team working on stuff. Have they become a support studio or do they have something up their sleeve? And the one that I'm even more interested in is In Exile. What is In Exile working on? What are they developing? You know, we've seen the, the they've done the Wasteland remasters recently and Wasteland's being pushed on Game Pass. But what's the new project that they're on? And are we finally going to see it at the showcase? I would be overjoyed if we actually saw something. Of course, we didn't talk about like Fable or any of the big ones, but um, I, th I think we finally see whatever their project is. And then, yeah, we get some updates about other stuff too. But the Capcom thing is definitely not happening, right? <laughs> Thanks for just, you know, just rub it in some more. It's fine. It's, uh, you know, we're here to... We're here to entertain. That's what we do. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, all we know about these two in exile projects, Destin, is they're both on Unreal 5. That's all yeah. we know. They're both RPGs. So yeah, I mean, I, I think one of them, whatever, whichever one is further along, uh, being announced probably in just a cinematic teaser form, probably a pretty solid bet for this. And, and I certainly hope you're right. And uh, Compulsion, too, you're, you're correct there. I don't think we've heard a word about them since they were acquired by Microsoft. Am I, am I, I think, I think I'm I correct think, on that, right? I think, I think you're correct. And I'm very curious, what are they up to? Because they have talked about the fact that they're working on stuff, but we've heard nothing since what? So We Happy Few was released in 2018. It's been four years. Yeah. Four years. Long time. So they could come out of nowhere and have something for us. Who knows? Good stuff, friends. Uh, that is our first round of Xbox Showcase predictions. We will, of course, do this again when the show is much closer, probably like maybe the, the episode before we'll do one final round. And we'll see what leaks between now and then. Oh, God. I feel like <laughs> last year there weren't too many leaks, right? Not that I, I remember. It's, I, I think, think it's, so. it's, it's tougher to leak stuff. It's tougher to get leaks now that there isn't like a a, a proper show in meat space with an audience that has to be you know blocked out and set up and have run-throughs and has a you know there's it's a little more controlled in-house by microsoft when it's just kind of filmed at a at a studio they can keep things a lot more quiet about it but you never know we'll see if anything leaks i mean i hope nothing does because then it just ruins the surprises so i'm, I'm ready for i, I want to be pleasantly surprised by this showcase the other big story of the week, we are going to keep right on roll. And I know that was, we just basically did a show right there <laughs> on those predictions, but uh, we have to talk about this. So we're going to be with you for another, oh, uh, let's see, 28 minutes or so we've got left in the podcast. Uh, the Embracer Group, that, that weird company that owns Gearbox now, and they own Time Splitters, and they own uh, all these IPs and a bunch of studios. THQ that's like they kind of 
collected all these mid-tier things, and I don't say that disparagingly, but that's just, you know, they haven't made any real triple A quote unquote acquisitions until now. The Embracer Group has acquired a handful of Square Enix's studios and a bunch of IPs, including Crystal Dynamics and Tomb Raider, Eidos Montreal, the developer of Deus Ex and Thief, which they now also own those IPs, Square Enix Montreal, uh, Legacy of Kane, which I know Destin is always always on his soapbox about. Looking just to get give a it to me. Of. If you're not going to use it, just sell it to me. I'll find somebody to at least remake the originals. Well, Destin, uh, I, what I was going to bring up is that this. I feel like this deal that, that Embracer got these IPs and studios for pennies on the dollar, so uh, you might correct. have a fair shot at this. Let me, let me just tell you the rest here before I set a turn to the panel for reactions and analysis. Uh, so more than also more than 50 back catalog games from Square Enix Holdings. The price tag for all of this, again, let me just one more time, Tomb Raider, Deus Ex, Thief, Legacy of Cain, et cetera, et cetera, 50 back catalog games. The studio, Crystal Dynamics, the studio, Audius Montreal, Square Enix Montreal, $300 million was the price tag for this. Embracer, says this acquisition includes roughly 1,100 employees across three studios and eight global locations. The deal, if it goes through, is expected to close during Q2 of Embracer's financial year 2022-2023. And I saw someone tweet this, but ironically, the sale of all these properties and IPs did not meet the sales expectations for Square Enix, <laughs> because nothing does. <laughs> oh my gosh. Zing! And not wrong, my friend, not wrong. Well, Destin, let's go to you first on this before I, I hear from Miranda and Stella. Your reactions to this. What a steal. That is absolutely so cheap. They paid like $100 million. Uh, Xbox paid $100 million for Tomb Raider exclusivity not that long ago. For $200 more million, Xbox, you could have just had it all. You could have just had it exclusively forever. You missed out. Uh, wow. Uh, that's a lot of amazing IPs. Um, Embracer got a heck of a deal. I just hope it means that these IPs come out of the wasteland and get games made around them. Uh, like Embracer could bring in a third party and have them actually work on a Legacy of Kane's <laughs> game or a remake or something. Um, that, that franchise is just too good to just let fall to the wayside and and never revitalize or at least remaster you know um that's sort of my reaction to it i i don't have a ton of strong feelings about it to me it's just like okay so square sold off all these companies embracer bought them embracers is this huge conglomerate and uh a lot of people have wondered what my reaction is it's sort of honestly it's it's surprised about the low price point but uh apathy about it and a little bit of hope about the ip seeing uh the light of day uh, Destin, a reminder too, we we just heard that Crystal Dynamics is in the early stages of developing a new Tomb Raider game on Unreal Engine 5. So that we know of that project already in the works and it will remain to be seen what, you know, we don't know what uh, IDOS Montreal was doing. You know, they had, they had shipped Guardians of the Galaxy to rave reviews, by the way. It's on Game Pass. Uh, Great reviews on that game, but but again, that studio seems to be 
cursed. They, they seem to be one of uh, almost arcane like in that they make these critical darlings that don't sell for yeah. whatever reason. Uh, and Guardians of the Galaxy being one of those, I think it's fair to say. So they and, they probably had their next project lined up, and now it's just a question of are they going to continue on whatever that is, or will they scrap that and start over with with something you know at the at their new parent company? And if they did scrap whatever it was, they you know they would in development terms not be losing much because they've probably only been working on it for five six months at this point. But that that will be interesting. And uh, so yeah, this is well, this is a I, I share your surprise. Stella, your thoughts on this? Uh, kind of same with Destin. Like I'm just like oh interesting. Okay, uh, mm. I think our coworker Matt said it best that 300 million is insulting <laughs> um or that it's 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 embarrassing i guess like it's it's pretty low um and yeah i, I forgot that there's another uh tomb raider game in play and i god watching the footage of the, the last tomb raider i'm just like oh my god i want to punch laura so freaking hard in the face <laughs> like she annoyed me so much her character arc was just not done well and i hope they can just like make justification of it or like you know do her justice yeah um or remake whatever yeah yeah <laughs> the, yeah, yeah i haven't yeah. played that one yet. god yeah. oh okay just uh, that's a whole other spiel i can go into but we're not going to do that um i just hope that this can lead them into the right direction with her story because like i i feel like they just could not figure out what they wanted to do with her but i don't know it, it, it'll be interesting to see if they are going to continue on their independent um stories and what they want to do like as of right now i'm just like oh okay cool they got it's another acquisition i guess we'll see we'll wait and see so miranda your thoughts uh, your reactions here yeah a quick reminder with shadow of the tomb raider it was not developed by crystal dynamics so that was it was passed on to edis montreal for that one so that was i think a little bit of difference though some of the creative team from crystal was involved since you know sharing studios and such um but busy as, with avengers yeah they're busy with avengers underwhelming uh, but oh, on that note when i heard this i was like embracer group who's the embracer group again that was my big thing i was like who are you and i was like oh right like they also own coffee stain studios so if you guys aren't familiar with them uh they did satisfactory valheim goat simulator is probably the one a lot of people know but valheim is pretty huge also deep rock galactic um i don't really know the involvement embracer has with its studios or I think that's my biggest question a lot of times when there's an acquisition. It's like, are you just kind of holding this and it's going to change like maybe back end things? So it's like, oh, your your benefits and other pay structure things change, but does it change anything creatively or how things are run or like are there different expectations? There's a lot that can change with an acquisition. And so I think in that, that moment, I'm really curious to see what happens. Um, I think as far as what I've seen, uh, we're watching Deep Rock Galactic gameplay right now on the video and how I think, quick is our super producer red on that honestly <laughs> red, red rules red rules um but so, so you get a lot of different kinds of varieties in these different studios and they seem maybe autonomous i don't really know but a lot of the games that at least i've seen with coffee stain have done really well and are neat experimental things that aren't just like ips redone time and time again just for the sake of using an ip so i, I think there's a lot of potential here but also Maybe it'll be nice for those two guests not to be like, well, these sales didn't meet our expectations. <laughs> so that's probably good. But yeah, I, 
I feel like, uh, again, I'm just a dude that does a podcast. Like I, you know, I don't, I'm not, I'm not a business person, but it feels like, uh, square sold low here because, uh, certainly with regard to crystal dynamics, I mean, the Tomb Raider IP, uh, despite how, as Destin alluded to, that, that every time one would come out and sell millions of copies, Square would come out in their next financial report and say, it didn't meet our expectations, kind of a disappointment. Uh, we have the numbers of the Tomb Raider. So Lifetime, Tomb Raider has sold Tomb Raider. 80. Thank you. What did I say? No, no, no. I'm just saying it's not just Tomb Raider with Square. It's all their properties. Like it always yeah. fails to meet sales yeah. expectations. Uh, Tomb Raider has sold 88 million units since its inception in 96. So going, you know, back to the Stone Age, but 38 million of the lifetime sales coming from the reboot trilogy alone, Tomb Raider, Rise of the Tomb Raider, Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Now, it's also fair to point out one of the NPD guys, uh, I think his name is Matt Piscatello, if I remember correctly, pointed yeah. out that, well, games can go on sale for like five bucks and then that suddenly counts, you know, that, that counts towards this too. So it's maybe not quite as impressive as it looks, but still the fact of the matter is the, these three games in recent years from Crystal Dynamics have sold many, many mil tens of millions of copies. Uh, they've been critically received very well overall. I think it's fair to say Rise of the Tomb Raider was probably the most, uh, well, I think it's just the best one and probably the best critically received one. It was my game of the year vote at IGN in 2015. I sadly did not win that year, but, and, and uh, Marvel's Avengers, we all know it was a disappointment and it didn't turn out as well as we wanted it to. It didn't sell as well. And so it really feels like, to use the stock market term, that Square is selling low here. Uh, the, the, this, they really <laughs> did not get near the value I would have guessed they, they would have. I mean, in this rash of, in this age of, of uh, acquisitions we've been seeing across the industry, if you had said, okay, what do you think Crystal Dynamics IDOS Montreal, Square Enix Montreal, and the Tomb Raider, Deus Ex, Thief, a Legacy of Kane IPs. What do you think that would go for? And I'm sure I would have said at least double this number. I probably would have said at least $600 million, but no. Uh, so I think this is a steal for the Embracer group. And uh, and I just hope, I mean, it, feel, it almost feels like, do you guys think that it feels like Square wants to get out of the Western games business and just double down on the Japanese Fantasy. studios. Well, Final Fantasy fourteen is making them so much money. They're probably just like, look, what are why are we wasting our times with these games making marginal profits? Right, they are profitable, but not the way that Final Fantasy fourteen is. Final Fantasy fourteen is some sort of ridiculous mega hit, and they know it. Uh, probably similar numbers for the final fantasy games i don't know off the top of my head but i have heard like stories about how successful 14 is for them so i have to imagine yes ryan you're right they just don't want to deal with the western market anymore they don't know how to make those games profitable enough to meet their margins so embracer group seems confident that they can do that but separately talking about some of those legacy ips like legacy of Kane and such like that you know that they, this company shopped around um and if 300 million was the best offer that they could get, that's sort of surprising. What did Bungie just go for? Uh, wasn't it a billion dollars? Bungie just went for a billion. 
right? Yeah. So, or I think it was like three billion. It was a lot. It was a, it was an eight figure yeah. number. I remember that yeah. much. So so it was a lot. And and these properties going for that low, I think Xbox can't even bid on it right now because they're tied up for another year before they're going to make any other purchases. I'm glad you brought that up because I, I was going to bring that up. Mm -hmm. Sony, Sony, people don't think about this for some reason, but they're going to be tied up with the same type of things, but the Bungie acquisition. They still have to go through the same regulatory approvals that Microsoft is going through with the Activision uh, purchase, but Activision was just so much larger that most people focus on that, right? But uh, Bungie's gonna go through the same amount of scrutiny. Um, I think both those companies are tied up and that's why they got a low ball off of 300 million. And the alternative, I, I have to imagine would have been much worse than what ended up happening with Embracer Group. Well, and you might look at it to actually, you make a good point, Destin, uh, as, as far as Square accepting this Embracer offer now, uh, looking at the calendar and looking at, oh, if Microsoft and Sony are are sort of off the table for the moment, the, the choice would have been uh, to, if they wanted to try and wait to get more, more players, you know, more bidders at the table, Square would have had to continue to spend money funding the earliest stages of this new Tomb Raider of whatever IDOS Montreal's new game is. If they, and if they, didn't intend to still own those studios by the time those projects come out in four or five years from now, then they might actually, it might actually be like they were better off taking this deal now rather than just sinking money that they would never see a return on to, yeah. uh, to develop these studios, uh, and develop thank these new projects. Thankfully, with $300 million on hand, they can finally pay the Outriders team. So that's nice news. <laughs> well, uh, if you're curious, I'll actually, I'll talk about that in a second, but yeah, I'm glad you brought up, like, I, I would have guessed that Microsoft would have been the one to, to come after at least Crystal and Tomb Raider because they have a, a, a long history. Of course, they partnered up on the timed exclusivity, the one-year exclusivity of Rise of the Tomb Raider. And currently they are, uh, Crystal is co-developing Perfect Dark, which we've talked about with the initiative. Now, they, yeah. we did get confirmation that will continue. Obviously, there's a contract there, so that's not suddenly going to stop. Uh, so it is now, Microsoft is now working with the Embracer Group uh, and instead of working with Square on, on that to have Crystal Dynamics co-develop that game. So uh, there was a reason given. What is the reason for this? Now, I think, Destin, you made great points about the timing of it, but there are... What is, what's Square going to do with the money? Okay, here you go. Square Enix has shared some of the reasoning behind the decision to sell Crystal Dynamics, IDOS Montreal, and Square Enix Montreal to the Embracer Group, saying the transaction will allow the company to invest more in the blockchain, AI, and the cloud. The blockchain. The blockchain. You really need to sell all that to have made those investments? Hmm. Hmm. Miranda shrugging. It's just, uh, yeah. Like, listen, I'm not a business person. If someone asked me, I was like, how much do you think this would sell for? I'd be like, $10 billion just for the sake of, for the sake of like saying a big number. I, I don't, I don't know. That's not like my area of expertise, nor do I want to fuss around with that. My only hope every time is like, are these employees getting paid? Like, I hope they get a bonus. I hope they get some good benefits out of this. Uh, but for them saying, anytime you lead, 
with the blockchain, I'm just kind of like, oh no, <laughs> like AI, sure, like AI computing and stuff. There's a lot there that is actually really helpful for development and other the things in the background um, that are a little over my head because that's just not my, again, field of expertise, but I, I know about a little bit of it and it can be really important. And of course, we've seen more and more about cloud gaming and how important that is becoming. So I understand, yes, absolutely invest in these, but exactly to your point, Ryan, it's like, did you, wait, what? <laughs> like, uh, yeah, 300 million isn't like a small number, but I guess when you're considering what you're selling, it's like, that does seem, and compared to what we have seen sold recently too, it is a little on the on the low end and it's like oh okay well all right then <laughs> uh given gamers very very severely allergic reaction to anything nft blockchain uh, as far as trying to bake it into games something tells me that square's not going to end up getting the return they want on that 300 million dollars it's up to embracer now i mean Stella, we just have to hope that Embracer is able to uh, give these development teams the the full budget and time and resources they need to make awesome games. Yeah, I, I I'm still stuck up on that the, the blockchain thing too. <laughs> like, I'm still stuck on that, but um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Embracer seemed fine. Like it, it seems. Fine. That's that's all I can really say. Again, we haven't. This just happened. We haven't seen anything really come of it yet. Um, yeah, we're we're still seeing Perfect Dark in development. So again, I guess keeping an eye on that development process and seeing how that goes might be kind of the basis in which we see the games being developed from Square Enix uh, and Embracer. Um, just because like that that game has more eyes on it now. So I don't know. I guess for me, it's again with acquisitions. Just wait and see. See how it goes. Um, I don't really think of Embracer Group that much. So this is like the first real time I'm just like, oh, okay, I guess I'm going to keep my eye on this group. Um, so yeah, I don't know. They're big. Just, the yeah, group. I, I, what a weird name. I know. I, I looked at it and I was like, oh, okay, this is, this is a lot bigger than I thought it was. And so, you know, it's like they're, they're trying to make bigger waves, which is happening. Yeah. Tencent, Embracer uh xbox sony and nintendo are like the big players in the market uh, i guess you could throw gearbox in there too then you got ubisoft ea activision but activision's being gobbled up and you know companies like bungie that said they were all going to go independent they're getting gobbled up by sony i think we're i've said this before i think we're seeing a, a time in our industry where we're going to see massive consolidation uh and then new companies are going to form and it's the cycle is going to start all over again. But right now it feels like everything's tightening up and, yeah. and there's a lot of movement of dollars. I do wonder what Embracer's play is going to be with the IPs they have no plans to do with. Are they going to shop them out? Are they going to straight up sell them? Uh, I'm not sure. I think they hold on to Tomb Raider. I think they hold on to Deus Ex, uh, maybe even Thief. But Thief is like 50-50 for me. What do you, I don't know, Ryan, is that something you want to talk about? I mean, I love Thief, of course. It's Thief 2. I think Thief 2 is the greatest stealth game of all time, period. That mm -hmm. is my uh, my controversial. It's not really that controversial. But that's my opinion. I mean, Thief 2 is incredible. I mean, certainly Chaos Theory is up there. Plenty of Metal Gear Solid fans would probably uh, have a have their own say in that as well. But yeah, I mean, you got to find the right developer for these, for these things, which you were talking about with regard to Legacy of Kane, Destin. I mean, it's, uh, there, there is, you've, if you can find the right group and, and maybe that team exists within the Embracer group. So 
just I'm on the Embracer Group website just kind of to give everybody a quick overview. So they proudly proclaim in bold numbers at the top of the the about section, 850 plus IPs that they own across 119 development studios in over 40 countries with over 12,500 employees. Uh, So the, the, the real quick, the group has an extensive catalog of over 850 owned franchises such as Saints Row, Goat Simulator, which Miranda mentioned, Dead Island, which, okay, that's been MIA for years, <laughs> Darksiders, which we've seen good a good entry from in recent years, Metro, MX versus ATV, which has been successful for a long time, Kingdoms of Amalur, that's right, I forgot that they bought the old Kurt Schilling uh, 38 Studios stuff, Time Splitters, uh, Satisfactory, Wreckfest, Insurgency, World War Z, and Borderlands, among many others. So their studios, we got THQ Nordic, Coke Media, Coffee Stain that Miranda mentioned, Amplifier, Saber Interactive, uh, I don't know if it's DECA or DECA, D-E-C-A, Gearbox, Easy Brain, Asmodee, Dark Horse Media, et cetera, et cetera. So they're sitting on a lot, and and hopefully, Destin, to your point, like, they can find, you know, they can hand, they can match up these, this catalog of IPs that they own with the right talent within the studio and, and we can get some awesome games out of it. So what yeah, you're what's... saying is we have to find the right group to embrace these IPs. Uh, I've been sitting on this for like yes. five minutes, so like, I'm sorry, <laughs> but also I'm not sorry. <laughs> no, you're right, want... but you're right. You, when you're right, you're right. And you're right. I just want to know what their play is. Like they have yeah. all these IPs now. What are you going to do with them? Are you just going to sit on them? Probably. Well, they're inevitably going to have to sit on a lot of them because you can't make 850 games at once mm-hmm. or even in five years or 10 years. What are so, they making? Uh, like, it'll be interesting to see what, you know, what they choose to utilize and, and what they don't. But um, yeah, I, again, I, hopefully they have the capital, uh, the investment capital to just fund, to properly fund these games. So this just Tomb Raider, the next Tomb Raider next on Unreal Engine 5, Crystal Dynamics has the AAA talent within them, regardless of what you how you feel about the Marvel's Avengers. The Tomb Raider, they have made amazing Tomb Raider games before. They can do it again. Unreal Engine 5 can make it look amazing. Let's I just hope Embracer is ready, willing, and able to provide the resources needed to make those awesome games happen. All right, uh, real fast before we do trivia. Game Pass coming up. Uh, so this week we have Loot River today, Trek to Yomi, which actually looks really interesting. That is uh, on Thursday. Citizen Sleeper also Thursday. And then next week, Danganronpa 2, Goodbye Despair Anniversary Edition on the 10th. Ayudin Chronicle Rising also on the 10th. This War of Mine Final Cut on the 10th. And NHL 2020, NHL 22 on May 12th. Games with Gold. Yoku's Island Express, all month long. The Inner World, The Last Wind Monk, which is not a great name. Uh, May 16th to June 15th. Hydro Thunder Hurricane. That's an old X- XBLA game, I remember. Uh, it's sort of a Wave Race 64-ish uh, game. That'll be May 1st to the 15th. And then the 16th to the 31st, Viva Pinata Party Animals. So uh, if you've got a gold account, you can download those games. All right, before we go, let's do a trivia question. Ledski, gamertag, Ledski, L-E-D-S-K-I, from Seattle, asks the following, which of the following, speaking of Xbox Live Arcade, was not 
a summer of arcade game. They're all Xbox Live arcade games. Three of these were summer of arcade. One of them wasn't. Tell me which one wasn't. We have Castle Crashers, Trials HD, Mark of the Ninja, and Bastion. So let's see. I will go. Let me pull up the trivia, the scoring here. Miranda and Stella tied at four. Destin lagging behind two points. So Destin, I'm going to go to you first on this. I'll say Trials HDB. Okay. Miranda? I don't know. I'm kind of tied between a few things. I'm going to try Mark of the Ninja. Okay. See. And Stella? Uh, I'm going to say Bastion B. <laughs> okay. The only reason I knew this is because I reviewed a few of these games. Yeah. Uh, and so I remember when they came out. The answer is Mark of the Ninja. Very yes. good. Miranda. Yes. It was, a as I recall, it September of 2012, I think. Uh, yes. I believe that was 2012 because that was the towards the end of the 360 era. So Miranda, excellent work. Ledsky, thank you so much for thank sending you. that in. And if anybody else has a good Xbox trivia question, please send it my way. The email address to do so is unlocked at IGN.com. Uh, and with that, oh, and when you do send that in, send the question for multiple choice answers. Please note the correct one in your email. Include your name and if you like, your gamer tag as well. And I will share that if I choose your question. With that, it's time to hit the road. Miranda, want to give yourself a plug? Tell us what you're up to. Yeah, you can find me at Havoc Gross and let's Havoc with a K on Twitch, Twitter, Instagram, everywhere else. On Twitch, really quickly, I'm playing Wolfenstein The New Order. It's my first time playing through the Wolfenstein games because I'm late. And so I was like, oh, machine games. Fancy meeting you here. Uh, so I've been playing that. But on the IGN side, we've been really, uh, I guess, focusing more on a bunch of cool game coverage and updates for the guides team. So we've not relevant to Xbox, but we've been like updating our Genshin Impact guides and some others. So I just hope please keep using our guides because we work really hard on them and I hope they're helpful. Thanks. Out of curiosity, Miranda, because I know you, yeah. you like to go back to older cool franchises that you either haven't played in a while or missed. Did you ever play the Chronicles of Riddick? I did not. Oh. I, if, you, if you end up enjoying Wolfenstein, it's mm -hmm. basically, technically they were Starbreeze, back when they did Riddick, but if you really? end up liking Wolfenstein, uh, check out, it's backwards compatible. Check out okay. the Chronicles of Riddick Escape from Butcher Bay. I think it's, it is one of the greatest original Xbox games ever made. It's, uh, okay. and, and there's a lot of the same DNA in it, so. All right, now did usually when I play like one game, I go through like a catalog of like that developer or something too, so that, there's a good chance I'll do that. Um, I've been enjoying, unsurprisingly, Wolfenstein a whole, t whole bunch. I was like, I just need some violence. I just want <laughs> to go ham on a shooter, and it's been a good time. Yeah, so. uh, it's the you know the the core machine games team spun out of Starbreeze, which is where mm. they they all came from, uh, and Riddick was the game that put them on the map. I think it's the greatest like like movie licensed video game ever made, even to this day after like 15 years. So wow. I'm glad you're having fun with Wolfenstein so far. Stella, what are you up to? Sure. Uh, I am Parallax Stella everywhere. I stream after work, 6 p.m. PST, something like that. Uh, work, I have some cool stuff coming up with Apex, but can't talk about yet. So keep an eye out for that. Um, and I guess I will run a poll for stream and see if people want to see the Arkham series. 
or if they want to see Hellblade, or if they want to see Sunset Overdrive. So, yeah, let me decide. Vote for, vote for Sunset. <laughs> You're influencing the vote. Do Hellblade, then do Batman. Okay. <laughs> Hellblade's short. That is true. Uh, Destin, how about you? I'm going on vacation. Bye, everybody. I'm oh, bye. bye. I'm gonna I'm gonna be gone until the end of May. So thank you everybody for hanging out on Unlock and I'm gonna boss. be back no a little boss. bit later. Uh doing an international trip. So I'm 14 hours ahead, Miranda. If you need oh to get my... a hold of me. Okay. Get me up at the end of the day. I'll probably have Angie do it. She's in Australia. Anyway. Oh, that works. That works. <laughs> the guys' yeah. team is an international team. We have someone in the UK, AU, and across the United States. So we're I'll have one of my people reach out to you. Just kidding. <laughs> so, no one's going to reach out to you. Please take a great vacation. Yeah. I hope you have a, yeah. a lovely time yeah. with your family. And I'm not going to run the in-laws. So. Oh, that would be fun. I yeah. don't worry. I won't cause chaos on this end without a boss here. I mean, <laughs> totally won't. I'll still be checking in. So Don't check in. Have <laughs> your vacation. Don't check in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, rest. Not Stella. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Honestly, Everyone smart, else is fine. I got to keep an eye on Stella. Smart decision. Smart decision. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> well, we'll miss you, Destin, but have a great time. We'll get some yeah. uh we'll get some guests in to to uh occupy your seat and and uh bring bring a little uh extra joy to unlocked in your absence. <laughs> that bring the bam, as it were. Someone's gotta do the bams. That's right. As for me, I'm on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. Uh this probably isn't even gonna end up being an Xbox thing because I mean the return to Monkey Island might end up just being PC. We don't know yet, actually, but I got to interview Ron Gilbert, the creator of Monkey Island, which is, I've had that pleasure before, but never about a Monkey Island game. I never thought this day would come. So that story is up on IGN. Ron was, uh, I was, was talking about just this insane level of secrecy around this project and a little bit about what we can expect from a new Monkey Island after all these years, especially a new Monkey Island from him, specifically the original creator. So uh, you can find that on IGN. And uh, just a reminder, our... Our IGN first game for the month, which our UK team has been awesomely running point on, is The Quarry, which is from Supermassive Games. They do the Dark Pictures Anthology, if you're a fan of the Spookies. Uh, and this one is kind of a teen horror adventure game. So sort of that, like, I know what you did last summer uh, thing, but in video game form. So check out that coverage if you're interested. We've got gameplay. We've got lots of behind-the-scenes stuff. You can find all that on IGN and IGN's YouTube. So. With that, uh, I want to thank our super producer, Red Rigos, along with Miranda, Destin, and Stella. I'm Ryan. This was Unlocked 542, and we'll see you back here next week. What if you discovered you could move between the worlds of dreams and real life? That's the story of Dream Breachers, where Evan wakes up on his 12th birthday and realizes that something he dreamt about the night before had actually happened. With the help of his friends, a reappearing stranger, and a mysterious organization called the Dream Academy, Evan will discover what it means to be a Dream Breacher. Dream Breachers is a high-stakes sci-fi mystery adventure about the highs and lows of having all your dreams come true and is perfect for kids ages 8 to 12. If that sounds like a dream to you, you're in luck. You can listen to Dream Breachers now, wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs>